Woo, welcome to Friday Night Flight, part of the Every Morning Quarterback Locker Room, emqpodcast.com. Uh, it's a big night in Jets Nation tonight. Not only is the current team playing, uh, but we got a very special guest. It was 14 nothing, by the way, last time I checked on that score. Uh, but <laughs> we are – no, it's not. But we are honored to uh, definitely welcome one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, uh, an, au- an author of a new book, Figure It Out. We're going to be talking about that tonight, a Jets fan favorite. Coach Mike Westhoff. Coach, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. I, that, that's I like. I loved your introduction. That was cool. Thank you. I like, that was good. You got some great uh, shots there. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on as a lifelong Jets fan. I remember fondly the years that you were with those Jets, and uh, we're hoping we can turn things around. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on this current Jets team? By the way, I'm uh, frankly after you just told me fourteen nothing, it just kind of shattered my my ego a little. My, yeah. my image. I was there. Uh, right at the very beginning of their practices. And um, I was impressed. I, I was rel- relatively impressed, believe, and believe me. But I, I saw some good things. I think they have a chance to be a pretty good football team. I, I really do. Um, I don't know. I haven't really watched them or studied them and you know, with pads on, so it's hard to tell you. But yeah. I was impressed with what I saw. I saw very few mistakes. Um, I saw guys running around. Uh, defense running and adjusting the formations. I like that. Uh, they're not a real, real big football team, but I kind of like that because they look like they're pretty fast. And I think in this day and age with the way the game's being played, that fast, you know, kind of fast break football is a, is the way it's got to go. Um, I was, I, I'm expecting a better football team. I really am. The thing mm-hmm. that you have to do in the preseason, I was disappointed when I, when you, we were talking before the show, and you said that the, the, the Philadelphia went right down the field, right off the bat, 80 yeah. yards or whatever it was for a touchdown. That's discouraging to me because, see, in, in the preseason, you have to you, you, you play the game in segments. You want to win. Of course, you want to win the game, obviously, but you want to win when it's one versus one. You know, you want you want to win segments of the game. That's what's important. You want to win substitutions. You want to make sure you're looking at the right guys. You know, you want to look sharp in your handling the game. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't want a team to come out and drive 80 yards the first time they touch the ball and score. That's not the way you want to start your defense. So that, to me, was a little discouraging because I kind of liked the defense that I was watching in practice. Yeah, so, yeah. But yet, it's a long ways to go. Um, also, you mentioned a, a quarterback had, a, had an interception that you know gave them an easy field position. That's disappointing. Um, I kind of liked what I saw of him the day I was there. But, you know, it's a long ways away. we got a long ways to go. I think they'll get a real challenge next week. When they go over to the Giants, they're going to practice against the Giants and then play them. And uh, I, don't, I, I don't actually don't know how that game turned out last night, and I don't care. But because <laughs> the fact that I was watching, the parts that I watched, uh, New England clearly won the football game, in my opinion, clearly. Because early on, when it was the, 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 the good guys against the good guys, New England looked like the better football team. I did. So maybe next week, both New York teams will have a little something to prove, and they'll go over there and practice with the right intensity that starts to get you moving in the right direction. Yeah, Coach, you actually mentioned in your uh, book that we're going to be talking about how much of a chess game is actually going on in the NFL, and you kind of brought it up just just right now. This is the preseason, and there's so many things – that you're trying to get right, you're trying to get that little upper edge on your on on the team that you're playing. 
what's the academic side of the of this game that just maybe fans aren't really seeing that the coaches are seeing behind the behind the curtain well first of all you want to make sure that whoever you're putting out there that they're really playing at a particular level that you've game planned so you're, you say you've got your your first string out there your first team offense and then you want to see them performing at a particular level it's not going to be opening day no but you you're looking for that um, you also have to make sure that you're getting the right guys appropriate looks you make sure you know there's a backup guy you got to make sure i used to always think to myself if i had some young guy and i really wanted to find out i made sure i put him in a position where he was playing against their best I didn't want him in the fourth quarter when he was playing against some poor kid that had hardly even lined up there. That doesn't right. tell me anything. You know, I would throw him right in the heat. So those are the kinds of things you have to do. It is a chess match. You as a head coach and assistants, you want to be sharp with substitutions, organization, how you're getting, you know, plays in and out, how you're making calls, penalties, you know, stupid penalties. I watched the game last night and I saw a couple of penalties that were just ridiculous. You know, you can't do that. You know, you got to be sharp. These are the things that you get that you get prepared for in the preseason. I loved the preseason. I loved it. Cause my mm -hmm. number one goal in the preseason was to when when the varsity was out there. I'm referring to them as the varsity. My guys, yeah. my first guys. Yeah. When they were out there, I wanted to beat the hell out of them. The other team. I mean, I really did. I wanted to be physical. I mean, I wanted to knock them all over the field. That was my goal. Now, I wasn't going to try a punt block in the fourth quarter. I, I was never going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's not the way the game's supposed to be. You know, you do that and you win. I mean, okay, you're way to go, you guys. Yeah, you. Know, that, <laughs> I mean, that poor kid that you're doing it against, he might not even got picked in gym class. You know, so that just doesn't make any sense. But those are the things you have to do. You want to build. You want to build that. And then so everything you do is so important, as I used to mention to him, you know, in case you wonder, I should tell these young kids, mm -hmm. when you go in, take a look up and there's a scoreboard. See, they're actually going to keep score tonight. So make sure your ass knows that and you start playing that way because they're going to keep score. Everything counts. And then you just move from there. I used to love playing the Giants, to tell you the truth. I loved it because the Giants were tough. You know, they were a physical football team, but I knew I knew I could beat them. I used to mm -hmm. love it. I mean, I knew I was going to run something on them and pound, block a kick. I have pictures of my garage blocking the Giants' kicks, and I and I liked it. I liked their coach, uh, Thomas McGay, one of their assistants and one of my very good friends. But come on, if I was playing them this weekend, I couldn't wait. I'd want to beat the hell out of them. I mean, that's just how you got to feel. You have to build that. That's what it's about. So people to say, "Oh, the preseason," you know, that's because they don't know. Yeah, does does it mean if you really won the game? Okay. At the end, maybe your young guys, maybe they didn't play as well, and you'd like for them to play a little bit better. But the whole thing is to get the bits and pieces put together. So when it all comes down, look out, look out, we'll be ready. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys were always ready. I love it. Always I loved ready. it. I love preseason. I didn't care. I when I when I added up the number of games that I coached in my life, my six hundred and fifty seven, I counted the preseason in that number. Yeah. I counted them. Yeah, I, I did. I promise you I did. And I counted playoff games. I, I counted uh, an all-star game. I, you, know, we, you put a helmet on, I'm counting it. Absolutely. Uh, and let's get into this new uh, book, Coach. Uh, figure Thank it you. out. It's on sale now. I got mine off of uh, Amazon. So everyone, make sure right. you go out and get your copy. Yeah, you um, get it online, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Yeah. You can get it through the publisher very easily. That's Mascot. Mascot Books. 
you go in there and put in figure it out they'll 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 send it to you right away so yeah it's not you know when you're a little bit of a kind of a small publisher like i am because you know i'm not uh you know i'm not james patterson i'm not a big giant name you know they can't go in and flood barnes and noble uh with you know 15 mike westoff books and it'd be nice if they could because i i think there's that people have read it have very much enjoyed it and I'm, I'm really working on exposing it to uh as many people as possible so it's been it's it's been a challenge but really fun for me to do yeah, and it's and it's as as we were talking about prior to even us coming on the air that I'm not much of an actual reader and I can't put this thing down because it's just a really good book for just football fans. Even if you're not a New York Jets fan or or, or like a Miami Dolphins fan, this is just a great football book and it's got so much depth about not only the stuff that you've done on the field, but also your whole entire journey off the field. And and my favorite chapter that really struck with me, Mike, was the one uh, labeled fight of your life. And yes. can you speak to us just a little bit, because the people who might not have read this thing yet about that, about the stuff that went on during the late eighties and about how that kind of shaped who you are moving forward. You know, that's a, that, that's a really intricate and very good question. You should really start reading more. You're actually pretty sharp. That's pretty good. <laughs> There's something kind of like up there going around. You, yeah. you, you, you jarred something loose up there because those are those are good points that you're making. So if I were you, I, you might start reading just a little bit more because it's pretty doggone good. No, it. Um, I didn't do anything more heroic than what thousands of people have to face every day. You know, I was 40 years old and all of a sudden out of the middle of nowhere, and I discover I've got bone cancer. And that at that time only had about a 20% survival rate. And that was a very serious, when you say primary osteogenic means it started in the bone material itself, which for someone at my age, that was extremely rare, extremely rare. So it involved a very complex surgery. Uh, it involved chemotherapy. Um, actually, actually, my body was about the color of your sweatshirt. I looked about like that. And so, um, and those were difficult times. The thing that I think I learned from, uh, my family helped me, of course, my job helped me. And I had some of the greatest doctors in the world up at Massachusetts General or Sloan Kettering in New York. I mean, come on, those guys are the best. Yeah. And um, I learned to not let the disease or the illness define who I was. Okay, I had this. I had no hair. I had to figure it out. Um, it was difficult. Um, I, I did not miss work. I didn't. I would work through it. Now, it wasn't. <laughs> I'd have to run out in the grass and throw up sometimes, but I did it. Um, I walked with a cane. I wore a leg brace all those years. I mean, I, I had to do it. And so, you know, it wasn't exactly the way I wanted to live my life because when I first got in the NFL, I was pretty athletic. I mean, I, I know people would never know that they know me as a grouchy old guy. You know, they would never think. But my first couple of years at the Combine, I threw the receiver drills. No, oh. I threw to the Edinburgh's Combine. I could do that. But uh, later on, I didn't exactly do that very well because <laughs> now I'm walking around with a cane. And But yeah. it, it never slowed me down from figuring out who I was because my goal was, okay, I have a cane. But that guy across the field doesn't have one. I don't care. I'm going to beat the hell out of him. I know I can do it. I just have to do it. So I, I used that as a motivation. And, and believe me, I was no more heroic than, than anyone that, that, that goes through those things. 
um, that we get, you know, I don't believe anybody in, in life gets a real hall pass. You know, we all have, we all have something we're going to have to deal with. Fortunately for me, I dealt with most of it. So I feel kind of good going forward because <laughs> I've had so many surgeries, but um, it was an interesting time. And I was so fortunate to be with some incredible, incredible doctors. I mean, my, my left leg is right now nearly entirely metal that from, from the well, knee all it's all metal. And the guy at Sloan Kettering invented what I have. I mean, nobody, you can't go down to Home Depot and buy this one off the shelf now. You, you don't get to do that. Yeah. And so, um, fortunately, I was with someone like that, that let that gave me an opportunity to live my life and continue my profession. So I wanted to express uh, how fortunate I was and how much I appreciated. I think in the prologue, if you read the prologue, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, the third of the, the third of July, uh, 1988. I was finishing my last session. I was in that room, the fireworks and how I transferred that to as a motivation for my career. Um, to me, that set a tempo if for my entire career. And I wanted to do that in the book. So I'm glad you read that. Uh, that I think that had mm -hmm. a great deal to do with who I was. Yeah. And you had mentioned during that entire time of your life that the legendary coach uh, Shula was just kind of there for you and he was a major coaching influence but also a friend i know this is a new york jets show but can you talk to us a little bit about the kind of just the impact that a coach like don shula had during your time when you were with the miami dolphins when he first, <laughs> when he first came into my room in the hospital yeah to tell you the truth i i, I didn't know what to do and there, after a few minutes i thought i might have to try to kill him uh because you know i was kind of expecting i mean because believe me when if you when he came in because there had been an accident during a surgery that uh, you can ask any doctor that you'll ever know if anyone anyone survived that accident, and they're going to tell you they never heard of anybody surviving it, and somehow I did, and so you know I'm expecting him to kind of you know tuck me in. I, mean, I have tubes everywhere. My entire stomach's cut off. They took my entire stomach out because they cut an artery in the back of my back. Um, just a terrible mess, and here he comes in, like you know like. <laughs> Like, you know, like, what's wrong with you? You know, kind of yeah. I felt, I was like, excuse me. And, but what he did, and he did it so well, he never looked at anyone right where they were, but always where he knew he could get them to. That's how he did it. That's the way he lived his life. And so, you know, he sees me in a very difficult role, but he only treated me the way he always did when I was perfectly normal and perfectly healthy. And sometimes it was tough. It was like, mm -hmm. do you not see me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of banged up here, but you know, yeah. that was Don yeah. and he, and, and he made it clear. You know, I never forget. He, he talked to me and he said that, uh, uh, he said, you know, we got, we have a good team. We're going to be good. He said, you're an integral part. He said, you know, get up out of here and get back out there with us. I'll never forget it. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, I didn't think I was going to ever get up out of there, but I did. I did very shortly, actually. And so uh, my relationship with him was, was really good. Uh, and, you know, and he, as I wrote in a book, he wasn't the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He was the head coach of the National Football League. Mm. That's, that's what he was. And, and he did a great job with that. And he, he just always learned. He kept learning. He had great respect. You know, he, he never talked bad about anybody else. He always respected them. He kept moving forward. 
and uh, and it's not easy to work for him because at first he's very tough. Oh my goodness gracious, he's hard because he's so knowledgeable. Yeah. I mean, he could walk in any meeting room and take the meeting over. He knew that much about football. I mean, he could coach what I was doing. He could. Um, not at the end. I got ahead of him at the end there. But at first, oh please. And he used to come down the hall. You know, he'd be coming down the hall, and I used to think, oh, please, Lord, don't let him be coming for me. You know? <laughs> I, used to, I used to want to get under the desk. Remember that right. Seinfeld episode when George Costanza was living under the desk? You know, yeah, was, oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do when he was coming. I wanted, I wanted to get in there and hide. Because <laughs> you, you, you just knew that he was going to come with, some, with, oh, with something for you to do. Yeah. It was something you didn't like. You know, his, the famous question, if he ever, ever asked you, and he didn't ask me too many times, thank God. But if he ever did, he'd look at he'd look at the one of the guys and he'd say, well, "Why why aren't we doing it like that?" Oh man! If he ever said that to you, you might as well just want to go home. Oh yeah, you're just, just hard go get in your car, <laughs> get your keys, and just drive home. Yeah, just get so, that. All right, home. I can see myself out, Coach. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's. Oh, man. But when I became one of his guys, mm -hmm. that was the greatest. It was the greatest, and uh, it led me and it helped me to become such a better coach. And I believe that after he retired and then Jimmy came for a short while and when he left, that's a job that I should have gotten. That's a job mm -hmm. I deserve to get. I, I deserve that head coaching job. It didn't happen. You know, it didn't define my life, but uh, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that that didn't happen. That's the bad news. The mm -hmm. good news, I came to New York and I absolutely loved it. That's right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, everyone's itching for us to obviously it's the New York Jets show to get to the part where you join the New York Jets. And uh, can you can you talk to us a little bit about what what made you choose the New York Jets? I mean, at that time, they, they had a, they had a good team, but the history of the Jets is the history of the Jets. And what, what, what made you, choose you know, the you know, to be honest, when you when you're in it as a coach, very few of us, especially back then, it, yeah. it's a little bit different now. But back then, those teams, you, you, you never looked at the history of it. You mm. just didn't. I mean, there were so many of the game was the game was dominated by incredible head coaches. You know, you had yeah. Don Shula, you, you, you know, of course, you had, uh, you know, you had Bill Parcells, obviously, up there. And you, you had Chuck Noll and you had Bill Walsh and you had, you know, just on and on. Tom Landry, you know, yep. on and on. The guys that dominated the game, Mike Ditka, you know, they, that's who ran the business. So. I, I just liked the Jets football team. They were a good mm. team. I mean, you know, they'd been in the championship game. It was at 98 or 99. Yeah. yeah, they were good. And they had, they, had, they, had them, they had them back. And Herman Edwards was a first-year head coach. He needed help. You know, he, he would let me do anything. And, and it was a good situation. I, I really believed that we would be pretty good. I, and, and we were. We weren't, yeah. quite, we weren't quite where I wanted to be. Because you know, of course Tom Brady came along and yeah. upset that apple cart, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, of course I was a big fan of Vinny Testaverdi's. I mm -hmm. think we made a terrible mistake with him, frankly, by the way, by by not playing him in the shotgun. Mm. I remember Dan Marino when he was working for the media called me one time and he said, "Mike, he said tell that so and so is our coordinator. I won't I won't use the language." He said, "If you put Vinny Testaverdi in the shotgun, you'll win the Super Bowl." He said, no, no, you won't go. You'll win it. He said, Mike, he, he just he doesn't drop back anymore. You know, he's under center. He's a big six yeah. foot five guy and he's bent. And he, he said, get him in a shotgun. Let him throw. He can throw the ball and throw it through a wall. He said, and you've got all the receivers, you know, with, with Santana and Lavernius and, and Wayne Corbett. He oh, said, yeah. you've got a good offensive line. You've got Curtis Martin carrying the ball. You've got a good defense. 
put Vinny Testaverde in the gun and nobody will stop you. And I had an all-star team. I mean, I had a really good group of guys. So I loved that. I loved that football team. It was good. And I went through some peaks and valleys, mm -hmm. but not, not as many valleys as peaks. And then even when, when uh, Eric Mangini was there that second year, we, or third year for him, we brought in Brett Farb. You know, don't forget, you know, until Brett got hurt, we were eight and three. Yep. We were eight and three. We had just beat New England at New England, and we went down and beat Tennessee. And then Brett gets hurt, and then, you know, then we drop, and we end up nine and seven, and he gets fired. But then Rex comes in, and we go to two championship games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a good group of people that stayed together for a long time, a long time. And we had, so for me to go there, it was easy. That's where I wanted to be. That's the team I want. I had several offers, and I could have left numerous times. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Well, and we're really happy that you didn't. We're really happy that you stayed with the New York Jets because that, that team and that, that whole special teams unit was so much fun to watch. And you had mentioned that the first five years when you were with the New York Jets, there was a lot of ups and there was a lot of downs. But can you speak to there was one game that stuck out in my mind, and you actually mentioned it inside of your book, was the game against Oakland at the end of the 2001 season. Um, I believe it was the game that they had a reschedule due to due, due to 9-11. And it was at the end of, this, end of the, the uh, season, and Chris Hayes blocked the punt, touchdown. John Hall hits a game-winning field goal. It was a great game, got the Jets into the playoffs that year. He speaks a bit about why that game is ranked so high up in your Jets sure. uh, memory. Yeah, I will. I, it may be my all-time favorite game as a coach. Now, there were a couple at different places. I had a couple at Miami. I had several at, at, at the Jets. Uh, the opening, uh, the 10-year the ten, anniversary of 9-11, we beat Dallas on a Sunday night. That was an incredible game. Uh, there were some really good ones. Um some playoff get Pittsburgh, and we beat Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to get in the playoffs. But this one was probably my favorite because, you know, they postponed the game, moved it back, and as you read, the reasons why. And I believe the New York Jets were the reasons that the NFL did what they did. I'm very proud of the Jets for that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and we go out to Oakland, and Oakland's good. And they're up on us. And they went back, and they scored, and they're getting late in the game. And I'm in the huddle. Here it is right there. Oh, you got that block. Oh, where did you get that? I haven't oh, seen yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you just, you're too. my favorite now. <laughs> <laughs> you put that blog. Hey, John, he's not too happy about that. <laughs> oh, no. He got that He got that classic. I, I, I forget what they used to call that face. Uh, Chucky. They used to call him uh, Chucky when you would make right. that face. You know? Oh, you got some good clips here. Yeah, it was a, it was a great game. And then, of it course, was a great game. You get down the field here, and uh, I think that was – Coles there that caught the ball, and then John Hall. It was a great hold, by the way. Tupo was a great hold. Yeah, it was a great hold. Well, that's that was one of the longest kicks in the history of that stadium. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, ball's that. on the ground. He gets it and puts it up. Herman, they showed Herman. Herman was yelling to throw a hail mary pass. <laughs> the Herman shouldn't be in that picture. Take him out. <laughs> Don't let him so, in there. So I'm I, I sent, the I, I, sent the, like, I sent yep. the field goal team out. I did it. Thank See, you. when uh, they went ahead, and Chris Hayes came in the huddle. And he said to me, he said, uh, Coach, can, can I say something to them? I said, okay, yeah, go ahead. We got the guys, and he said, because I used to have the play, and I'd show it, you know, what we're going to yeah, run. Yeah. And he said, take a look at that bench. Take a look at those guys. Now, I won't use his language. I won't do that. Uh, but it was pretty rough. And he said, they, they can't win the game. He said, they're not going to win it. He said, we have to win it. We have to win it. Now, he and I have talked, and as he told me, he said, it may be the best sequential 
It's my word, actually. Uh, not his four special teams plays in a row in history that had the biggest outcome. All right. So they kick off to us and we run up to the 50 yard line. There's one. All right. Yep. Now we don't get a first down. We have to punt. We punt them inside to five. There's two. Now they have to punt. You just showed it. We blocked the punt. Great play. They, they turned me in for cheating because we grabbed a guy and pulled him, but it was pretty cool. So we blocked the punt for a touchdown. There's three. Now we're driving down the field. Time's running out. Herman's screaming at Paul to run a Hail Mary. And I send the field goal team in. John Hall kicks the large, longest field goal in the history of that stadium at the time to win yep. the game. There's four. Four plays in a row that had one of the greatest influences in football, in New York Jet history. And it was just an incredible game. I loved it. You know, after the game, uh, and I wrote about this, um, I'm sure you've seen them, everybody's seen the movie, with, uh, Brad Pitt, Moneyball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he was Billy Bean, the, you know, the general yeah. manager for the Oakland A's, and that terrible, crummy stadium with no money, and, and he comes up with a system and turns them around. And they're, they're in the process of winning now. And there's a scene where he's back out in that crummy stadium. And he said to one of his buddy, you know, that the guy that was his analytics guy. And he said, uh, if we could make this work and win the, Super, win the World Series, uh, he said, we'll have changed the game. We'll have changed the game. After the game, I went out in that same stadium by myself. I'm sitting in that crummy stadium. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, Mike, you're, you're not going to get everything that you want. You're probably not going to get to be a head coach. It's just probably not going to happen for you. I said, but if you keep doing what you're doing, you could change the game in the National Football League. Mm. And I think in some ways I did that very thing. And I'm, I'm just extremely proud of that. Yeah, and absolutely. So, now, I know there were others that did it like very similar to me. Yes, I know that. But I think my influence was I, I was a step ahead of them. And so you picked the game. You, know, you couldn't have picked a better one for me because <laughs> I loved it. So thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you it should was, it read was more awesome often. I you should gotta start reading. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just read about a bunch of Jets wins, man, I'll be reading every night for sure. Um, and you actually mentioned just that that current like you 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 did change the game in terms of how special special teams ran. I mean, and when I hear people talk about special teams, your name is the first coach that gets mentioned. I mean, that just shows you the kind of the kind of the, you know, all that you're leaving with that game behind. And what is your take on the current state of the NFL and kind of how, I mean, I, well, it's, I mean, it's just really how pretty they, simple. Yeah. I mean, the, the rules and some of them were, were necessary. Some, some were right. because of the violence of collision. So I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not callous right. to the physicalness of the, of the NF national football league. Cause it's very physical. So I'm, I'm for, you know, trying to be safe and protective, but, I'm also for altering the play rather than eliminating the play. Mm. And they've eliminated so many. I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, there you got, you got, where's that young guy? <laughs> oh, that was pretty cool. We had a lot of fun. We used to have so much fun. I loved it. You, you, you're showing some good things. But I'm you, you got to really start reading more, brother. <laughs> you got some good stuff. This is good stuff to hear. See that? Oh, I used to love doing that. Oh, yeah. Let me check this one out. Let's see what you got. Oh, this was in the overtime. Uh, yeah, up, up against the Buffalo. Bills. And this is just something that you just don't see anymore because teams are taking <laughs> it into it. like the end zone. And you don't see even, it. Yeah, they're not even taking that chance. Oh, what a great play. Jet Wright, that was called. Jet Wright, that was pretty cool. You got probably one of my favorite kickoffs coming up here right now is the Brad. Uh, I mean, Brad had so many of them. Brad, but. Thanksgiving night. Yeah. Loses his shoe. 
Yep. Loses his shoe. <laughs> he keeps going. And runs all the way for a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, he was. That was pretty was cool. But well, uh, you, anyway, someone was talking play, about right? it. They were talking about it, and they said, you know, the third of the game. And I said, no, I, I'm sorry. It's not a third of the game. It's not now. There was mm -hmm. a time where it was not, and then it r resonated. It reached a third of the game. It absolutely did. Mm -hmm. But now, the way it's been diluted, it's not. Now, that doesn't mean it's not a third important, because it certainly is. It is. Yeah, yeah. But you just don't have the number of plays. You just don't have them. You know, you're just no. drastically reduced. And that's, I think that's a shame. I wrote a whole chapter, as you'll see, uh, of how to kind of pick it up and improve that a little bit and still keep it safe. Mm -hmm. Keep it safe. And I've talked to, actually, a member from the NFL office this past week uh, for a long time in depth about how to save two particular things that there's a movement in the league to kind of either water down or eliminate. And I gave them some ideas as to how to try to help a little bit. It was always some of the best things that happened during an actual game. It was just that the kickoff returns and the punt blocks and punt returns and all these things that just, they're, they're, the thing, as you mentioned, they're, they're not gone, but no, they're definitely you, just definitely, you bring up a good thing, uh, a good point. I mean, because of the fact that what I looked at was it was a variable. We had a variable that could help win. Yeah. I mean, it could make a difference. I firmly believe, and I'll, I'll be adamant in this one, uh, all the years I was there, the number of times that we were in the playoffs, we were in the playoffs a lot of times. You know, we went a lot of years in the playoffs. I don't believe we go to the playoffs one year if we didn't make viable contributions in the kicking game at that time. Not that, not that we were the reason that we went completely. Of course not. Yep. But we made a difference that got us in the playoffs. I absolutely believe that. I mean, we were just watching one, uh, and then there was the game in, t in 2010. I think Brad had a great kickoff return against Pittsburgh that was sure. a huge catalyst. To get well, go back, go back to Peyton Manning's last game at Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. When we win, we won, and we went up to New England, and then won up there, and then had a chance to go to Pittsburgh. All right? Okay, yeah. so New Indianapolis scores and goes ahead. They're ahead. Now, I know this guy kicking off. I know him, McAfee. And I know he's going to try to blast it for a touchback, and he's going to pull it to his – he always hooks that. So it's going to be to our right. Brad Smith was hurt, so I put in Antonio Cromartie. I called what was called a, a Miami right, which we are going to double the five, put two-a-two mm -hmm. two wedge and, and run out there and be able to block, you know, four-three-two-one. And he had a read. Well, he caught the ball, you know, six-five or six-whatever deep and, and ran up to the 50-yard line. We completed one pass. Nick Folk kicked the field goal. And we win the game. Yeah. yeah. And today, if that play happened today, it would be an absolute touchback. We did not have the time, and the Indianapolis Colts would have won the game. Yeah. It's to me, it's that exactly simple. That's 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 a variable that they've taken away. Yeah, and it's a very underrated part of them kind of watering that section down. Is that is also is where guys would make teams and guys would show what they can do. I mean, we were talking to Austin um, Eckler last year, and he was saying when he, his ticket to making that Chargers team was how fast was he on special teams, and he was a gunner. Could he be the fastest gunner? Could he get down the field quickly and make that tackle, keep the guy in? And if he didn't have that, he wouldn't have made the team, and now he's a pro running back. So, I mean, like, what makes a great special teams I was, player? I was talking with Larry Izzo today – special teams coordinator at Seattle. I talked to him today. Yeah. And he said, he said, you know, Mike, the way the game's being played today, he said, I wouldn't have been able to make it. He said, I couldn't have made the team. Yeah. And, you know, he played 13 years. He has like three or four Super Bowl rings. 
He went to like four Pro Bowls. So um, he said, I wouldn't have been able to do it today. He said, it's just so different, um, which is kind of a shame. I, I just like th to have those different variables that you can win different ways. You know, really, if you look at the game now, there's a handful of ways that you have to win the game. And that's kind of it. <laughs> there's not too many others. So yeah. it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's knocked a little bit of that out, and that's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, and you've had a lot of great special teams players throughout your whole entire coaching career. Is there is there a couple of guys who stand out as just kind of favorites that you had? And oh, just... Yeah, you, they'll, they'll all be mad if I don't include them all. <laughs> sure, I mean, you go back to Miami, guys that I got like Larry Izzo or Bernie mm -hmm. Parmalee, O.J. Bergantz, you yeah. know, some Trent Gamble, those were great guys. O.J. McDuffie, a great return guy. And then yeah. when I came to New York, just the return guys. I mean, you know, my, ten, my first 10 years at New York Jets, we had nine, nine different guys that led the National Football League in returns. Well, nobody's breaking that record because you don't have any plays. I mean, you know, yep. so remember, we were playing a game in 2003, later in the year, I think it was, we were playing, going out to Oakland, you know, maybe the 10th game of the year, 11th game. And I was looking at my statistics as I put my scouting report together. And uh, Chad Morton was leading the NFL in kickoff returns. Santana Moss was leading the NFL mm -hmm. in punt returns. And Chad Morton was second in the NFL in punt returns. Well, who do you think's breaking that record? Nobody. Nobody. We had we had two guys that occupied the top three spots in the league. And it was incredible. Though then, you know, and then we had guys like you just mentioned Chris Hayes, and, and I had uh, James Hedabo, Eric yeah. Smith, Brad Smith, you know, yep. uh, Kenyatta, Kenyatta Wright uh, was a, was a great player for me. Um, yeah. Um, Leon, Leon was great. Yeah, Leon, yeah. Oh, Leon Washington, uh, Justin yeah. Miller. You know, these guys were all really, really good. Um, they were just good football players that uh, were so much fun to be a part of. And uh, James Durth, the long snapper, was such a good player. Uh, those kind of guys. Oh, my goodness gracious. I, yeah. I, I loved it. And they were really, really good players. Yeah, there were so many of them. And actually, you you even mentioned one of the plays, uh, Miami right bomb, I think is what you called it inside the book. But this is what I'm talking about for, like, you know, football fans. He's got plays drawn up in this thing. If you're, I mean, I was really into the whole chapter when you're going over how to how to teach, how to block, how to actually double people on side of a, on side of a kickoff return, how to actually set up a play. It's not just kicking off and guys running down and trying to hit somebody. I mean, no, it's it's no. truly not. Yeah, it's truly not. Um, so that that I really enjoyed that look into the you know what what, what we don't get to see is the coaching side, which is definitely cool to see. But, well, I think I think I did a lot of a, a good bit of it about how I came up with a philosophy of what it was based on. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I you know, I've kicked kickoff coverage and I said, okay, I'm a defensive coach now. What kind of defensive coach do I want to be? Well, I like to blitz. So I went across the hall to Bud Carson, who was one of the greatest defensive minds in NFL history. I said, well, teach me the perimeters of blitzing. So I designed a kickoff coverage after how he blitzed. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I did. Okay, now I'm going to run returns. So I'm an offensive line coach. Well, I know how to run an off tackle play, how to double team, how to trap, how to set up a wall, how to how to lead through the relationship between the back and the, the blocker, what it should be, all those things. So you incorporated all that into a return. And that's what I did. And then I would draw it all. And then I realized that, you know, if I'm smart right before every play, I have a timeout. OK, so, you know, I'd get in a huddle, you know, be able to I said, OK, Anthony, now remember now this time. And you never made, you wouldn't make a mistake. 
Right. Because it was just you would know yeah. you would know exactly what to do. So yeah. instead of running two kickoff returns a game, we could run twelve. We could do twelve. And so that's what made the difference. And it made it so much fun. And I could become, you know, like endlessly creative. I could just try everything. And I did. And and it all does, you know, it all wasn't perfect, but it was a lot of fun and uh, something that was really a challenge for me academically. Yeah. Well, Coach, prior to us letting you go here, we got a fun little game to uh, play called New York Minute. So New York how, Minute, huh? How okay. New York Minute works is we have, a, we have a slideshow here, all right? And there's about nine, nine, nine to ten people on here. And it's going to be one-minute-long segment. We're going to see how many people we can get through, and we're looking for just your first uh, sentence when you see that person on the screen. They're all people that you coached with, played, are, are you know, coached with, coached, um, and people that have been through your New York Jets career. All right. So we're looking for you, just your first kind of gut a reaction and your first sentence. And you're like, hey, here's what I think about, you know, working with that person. So the one minute is going to begin right now. Herm Edwards. All right. So obviously a lot of great things. Uh, please don't fire so many coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leon Washington. Leon Washington, my favorite kickoff returner in NFL history. Same. Love it. Here's a here's a throwback. Wallace Wright. Yeah. yeah. I know they are. Right. Wallace yeah. Wright, a great, great we call him flyers, not gunners. A great flyer, a really tough guy, and a very physical wide receiver. Rex. I had a ball with Rex, a very good football coach. Uh some of the craziness that he did, he did on purpose to put the pressure on him and take it away from the players. He, in that regard, he was a little smarter than what people give him credit for. The thing Rex, the mistake that Rex made was to let his philosophy kind of get away, and that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Brad, one of the best athletes to play the game. He was a he, he's like Kenyatta. Uh, oh, excuse me, he's like uh, Taysom Hill a little bit, a little bit different, but he can do a little bit of everything. Extremely talented. Um, head coach from the Cincinnati Bengals told me that he personally beat them twice. Yeah, he did. He was awesome. Mark Sanchez, he was kind of the quarterback during those. Sure, he was years. better yeah. than what better. And so I've gotten a little bit of criticism because I said some things were, were 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 really not very good. It was not Mark. Mark was very manageable for what we did. He fit. No, Mark wasn't Tom Brady, but for the offense that we had, Mark did a very nice job. We just had to keep Mark in the system that we had going, where we led the league in rushing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of a yeah. sudden, you know, we're going to become the New England Patriots. No, not not with that guy, not with Mark. Yeah. yeah. Eric Mangini. Shouldn't have got fired. Shouldn't yeah. have got fired, although he, you know, he had some growing up to do because Eric could be very, had it very condescending. And that's a mistake, the mistake. You're trying to be a little Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick can't be Bill Belichick. Please, yeah. that's hard to be that guy, you know, yeah. to be that much of a drive you crazy. Um, <laughs> But he did a lot of good things. James Zahidabo, one of yeah. the toughest guys, Boston University, uh, would knock your head off. I love them. And really a clean, tough football player. You want to know how to play the game physically? Study that guy. He was awesome. Joe you know, McKnight, one of my McKnight, favorite man. people, yep. was killed in a terrible road rage incident. Yep. Um, was just a young guy that came in out of Southern Cal, was very much behind, but developed into a heck of a football player. And a guy that I absolutely loved as a person. Joe was a Joe was a really special person. I love watching Joe play for sure. Here's a, Here's a bit of a throwback for you. Matt Matt Chatham. 
Yeah, Matt, Matt had mo the most the real good years of his career up in New England. Mm -hmm. We brought him in toward the end of his career, and he actually played very well. I liked. I had a lot of respect going against him, and I loved. I'd have loved to have him his whole career because Matt was a tough guy. He was a big tough guy. Matt was a good football player. Oh man, here's he a guy you had with Miami, Miami too. too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, help me because I'm losing. I can't. I can't. I'm, I can't see his face very well. Oh yeah, sorry. It's uh, Bernie uh, Parmalee here. Oh, this is Bernie when he was with the yeah. Jets. Yeah. Oh, see, that's not even fair for me because Bernie was my guy at the Miami. Miami. I'm looking. Yep. I'm thinking, who's that's Bernie? Um, I, well, he's one of my. You got to read the book. The the, the way I, that something yeah. that happened with us. You have to read that story. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one. It, it's one. Because no, Bernie. See, to me, Bernie's just nothing but uh, but 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 Miami. Yeah, another great special special teams guy when he was with with you on the New York Jets, Rashad Washington. We're playing the Tampa. Rashad Washington comes in on a trap and hits the kid. It may be the hardest trap block that you'll ever see in NFL history. And it was clean as could be. I'm telling you, NFL history. Nobody did it better than that guy. I love it. We went a little over that, you know, one minute, but I really wanted to hear what you had to say about every single person. So <laughs> oh, maybe I have to start reading more. <laughs> no, no, I, I was absolutely loving it. Yeah. But as you mentioned, definitely pick up this book to read even that story about uh, Bernie. It was awesome. Um, but I mean, coach, thank you so much. I mean, as a, as a diehard New York fan, I mean, I, this is, this was just absolutely awesome to get a chance to sit down and just talk with you. Um, and you. for everyone needs to go and pick up this book. Seriously, every football fan, even if you're not a New York Jets fan, you will learn so much. And, uh, you know, it's I'm, and as I mentioned, I don't read much. This was awesome. I haven't put it down. I hope you write, I, I hope you write another one, Coach, so I have something else to read. No, I don't think I'm worn out. Thank you. I think it, it covers a lot of the medical community, things off the yep. field. I think all sports can benefit from it. Um, and I think just people will enjoy the stories because it's about guys coming out of nowhere and being successful because of what they did and how they persevered. And I'm very, very proud. Yeah, so thank you, Coach, for all you did for the Jets, the NFL, and this gift for us NFL fans right here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on the Friday Night Flight. And uh, for everyone else watching, you can join us every Friday night for the rest of the season at 8 p.m. and uh, take off with us. This is going to be a fun year for the New York Jets. Oh, sure. Well, maybe you get, get, get partway into the season and bring me back and we'll talk about it a little bit. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, and we wish you the best. Okay, wish you the best, too. Thank you. you got